morning, family. It is so good to see you this morning, so good to, to be here. I'm excited this morning. Uh, I feel like the, the word of the Lord has been burning me up for the last week um, regarding this message. We're going to be talking this morning, uh, asking God to awaken us to his power. And um, I'm, I'm really excited about this topic. I'm excited about the message that I believe that, that the Lord has for his church. And, and I've been pondering this question I wanted us to sit in reflection on this question for just a, just a few moments. Uh, this was uh, a quote by Tim Keller, and uh, this is what he asked. If you and your church were to disappear off of the face of the earth tomorrow, would anyone in the community around you notice you were gone? And if the community did even notice, would they say, we were really glad they're gone, or we are really going to miss them? Let's reflect on that for a, for a few moments. I want you to think about that in your own personal life, in, in your neighborhood, in your job, in your family. I want you to reflect on that about our church. Would the Gull Lake Richland area miss us if we closed up shop tomorrow? Would they even know that we were gone? Or would they say, man, that place was a spring of grace going out into the community around them? Would they say that about your life? Man, anytime I was around that person, I felt hope. I felt God's grace. I felt God's power. Or would they even say, man, I, I don't know what it was about them, but there was just something different about being with that person. And my prayer is for the latter, for all of our lives, for the, for the life of this church, is that, man, as, as we reflect on that, that we're, we're making a mark. That we're walking forward in the power that God's given us. So I, I think the only way to do this in our community, in our lives, in our, in our neighborhoods, in, in our jobs, in our families, is, is to fully embrace the power of God in our lives. And John just read this, this beautiful word of, of Jesus sending out 72 into a community, uh, into the communities that he would be ministering in. And he sent them out in power. He sent them out in his authority. He, he gave them the ability to do miracles. He, he told them, while you're there, heal the sick in these cities. And I was thinking about over, over Christmas break, um, there was one day I was, uh, I was sitting and, you know, just kind of checking my phone every once in a while, and I, I was going back and forth, and I, we got up to go somewhere a little bit later, and I realized, like, my phone's completely dead. That ever happened to you? Like, man, I didn't even, I think the battery life on, the, on these things are just, like, going way downhill. Yeah, that's got to be it, right? And you know what the funny thing was? Is, like, I turned to my right, and my phone charger was plugged into the wall right there. And my phone wasn't plugged into it. It just makes me think, like, how often in our lives do we run out of battery? Do we, you know, do the circumstances of our life wear us down? We're just kind of like, man, I'm exhausted. I feel broken. I look at the things around me, and, and I just feel like there's no power in my life. And the phone charger's, like, right next to us. So that's what I want us to, to think about this morning, the, the power of God that, that 
resides inside of us. You know, what's interesting is when, when Jesus left, when he ascended to heaven, he, he looked at his uh, disciples and he said, it's better that I'm going because I'm going to send someone who is with you always. And what do you tell him? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. As believers, as, as people who have embraced the faith, as people who walk with Jesus, we are walking with, with an endless source of power. It's perpetual motion inside of us. And so often we live so disconnected from that because, because I, I really believe that we become what we intake. If I am living a life that is, is so full of the world around me, I become like the world around me. It's no wonder that, that we're a culture full of anxiety and brokenness and, and that we're strung out on emotions and, and there's so many things going on around us because we, we, we live ingesting the brokenness of the world around us. What I want us to realize this morning is, is a simple truth that, that I believe will impact our lives that I, I think we need to remember this week and this is what it is, the power of God is in his presence. The power of God is in, in his presence. And I, I want you to understand this. I'm going to look back at, at Luke 10 here. It says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What's interesting here is, is if you look back a little bit before this, what, what's the first word of this passage? After, after this. So it made me curious, like, what, what's happening before this? And, and there's this really interesting passage of Scripture here right before this, and I, I want us to listen to this. It says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, they're talking about Jesus here, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me, but he said, Lord, let me first go uh, and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And then after this, Jesus appointed 72 people who had been in his presence, who had been walking with him, who, who had taken it upon themselves to see the mission of Jesus and, and to walk in his presence and to spend time in relationship with him, to be empowered by him. Do you realize the lives of the disciples were changed because of their proximity to Jesus? The power of God is in his presence. When I am spending time in the presence of God, I rest in the power of God. That's what Jesus said. He couldn't have sent out 72 people if, if they didn't know his mission, if they weren't intimately acquainted with who he was and what he was about. He turned other people away. So I, I have a question for us, and, and that's it. Are we putting our hand to the plow and then turning away? Are we committed to being in the presence of God? We like to throw around words like uh, disciple around here. And, I, you know, I, I think it's a phenomenal word. We look at the lives of the disciples, the lives that they lived. And, and, and really, if I, can, if I can just easily define that, a disciple is a learner. It's somebody who's committed their life to learning about something. 
As disciples of Jesus, how committed are we to learning what he's about? Can I be honest? Like, not a lot. Like, I mean, you look at the breakdown of, of the hours of our day. By the time we sleep and by the time we eat, the things that are necessary for, for us to live. By the time we work, by the time we spend time with family and, and go about our hobbies and can't forget to turn on the news for a little while and watch that. You know, a couple football games in there. If you look at the breakdown of your day, if you were to audit your day, how much of that is intentionally spent time in the presence of God, learning about him, being his disciple, looking at the things that, that Jesus did on this earth, looking at the lessons from the Bible that, that God wants to teach us. And I'll admit, like, compared to, to the length of my days, it's, it's a piddly amount. And I know there's like, we, we like to say, well, yeah, but, you know, I pray without ceasing. And, and I, I think that's, that's awesome. You know, it's a good practice to get, get into. But, but my curiosity is if you're in this place this morning and, and you're feeling a lack of power and you're feeling a little burnout and you're feeling like, man, this, this world is heaping up around you, can I suggest that the answer is to get into God's presence? There's a scripture in Psalms that says, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. You know what joy is? It's God's face shining upon us and knowing that we are held, we're nestled into his presence and who he is. And that whatever life circumstances throw at us, that that we rest securely in who he is and, and how he lives in our lives. Is gazing at the Father and knowing that that we're home. So I can be happy and I can be joyful. I can be sad and I can still be joyful. I can feel broken, but I can still feel joyful because I know that in God's presence is the fullness of him. The power of God is in his presence. It's resting firmly in the Holy Spirit and knowing that we're held. And so I would submit that these 72, that they had spent time in the presence of Jesus Christ. They knew the mission. They knew what they were about. And they walked boldly in power. What did Jesus tell them? To go into the cities, to, to find a person of peace, somebody who would, who would bring them into their house, that they could, they could share meals with, that they, they would earn the, the, uh, the, the food that they were eating by the, by the work that they were doing in this town, to proclaim that the kingdom of God is coming to that town. Literally, the whole point of this, as he sent them out into pairs, was to proclaim that he was coming to that city and that the kingdom of God was coming. And to heal their sick and to do miracles in his name and to declare blessings over these cities if they, if they receive them. And, and, and I mean, what's wild to me is at the very end of this, and, and Jesus is looking and you know, he's saying, like, I don't even want to, if you, if you um, reject this message, like, wipe even the dust off of your feet. You don't even want a piece of that. Like, Jesus is very harsh about what happens when his message is not being accepted. So I want us to realize, like, as, as we're followers of Christ, if, if we're spending time in his presence, if we're experiencing his power, that goes out with us. Everywhere that we step becomes a place of God's power. 
Every, every heart that we touch, every hand that we reach out becomes a place of God's power. That's what I think is beautiful about John's story that he shared just a little bit ago. He's walking into a place where there's desperation and brokenness, and he's, he's bringing God's presence and, and God's power into these, these situations that, that don't seem ideal, that seem full of hurts, seem full of brokenness, and he's offering God's hope and, and his joy in the midst of these seasons of, of these folks' lives that, that just seem out of control. Do you see the beauty of that? Like, are we, God's people, walking in his power to be like the 72, to to proclaim God's kingdom wherever we go? And so I I think we need to be aligned with God so that we understand his power and and where we're going in our lives. And, And to be aligned with God, we first have to be aligned in his presence, like we just spoke about, right? The power of God is in his presence. They, the, these 72, they spent time with him and knew him. The second is in his mission. They had a very clear picture of, of what Jesus called them to do. To walk out into the world around them and to proclaim that the kingdom of God is on the earth. So my question for you is, first of all, how are we doing with God's presence? Are we spending time? Are we being transformed from the inside out? Or are we engaging in, in scripture? Are we engaging in prayer? Are we engaging uh, our heart with, with what God wants for us? Are we listening to him? Are we spending time in silence and solitude? Are we fasting? Are we praying? And second, how are we in engaging in his mission, in aligning with God's mission? I think mission is another word that, that we can kind of tend to say sometimes. Yeah, we're, we're joining God on his mission. Can I give you like a simple definition of, of, of mission as well? We know a disciple is a learner. God was clear about his mission. Jesus was clear about his mission in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Make more learners in all nations. Right? His mission is that we have learned through his presence what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. We learn that the gospel transforms our life, that it changes us from the inside, and he asks us to take that in power and create more learners, to share the gospel wherever we go. You know, I think, like, we can't do that unless we've been transformed by the gospel, though. What is the gospel? It's the good news of Jesus Christ that even in my brokenness, even in, in, in all of my stuff that's going on inside of me, that, that, that God saw it fit to send Jesus, fully God, fully man, to this earth to die in my place and take my sins and give me new life, to be adopted into the family of God, to be called the son and daughter of God. So when the anxiety starts to raise up, do we dwell in it? Or do we bring those thoughts back into the presence of God because the power of God is there? When my anxiety raises up, do do I preach the gospel to myself? You know what? Jesus died for this anxiety right now. And he took it away. And I don't need to experience this. There's power in your presence, God, and I thank you that you're replacing my thoughts with your thoughts. And even if I have to say that prayer again a minute later, right, it's, it's forming ourselves 
after the pattern of Jesus instead of the pattern of the world. And it's a practice I think that, that we need to get into sometimes because so many times our thoughts can just run away and run away and you look up and, and it's, it's been an hour and you're still walking through the same things you've been walking through. How are you doing at, at preaching the gospel to yourself? Once we preach the gospel to ourselves, then it becomes easier to, to see the nooks and crannies in the world around us where we can speak that same gospel message into I was spending time with a friend not too long ago that's not a believer, and, and he was just telling me about, like, all of the hard things in his life. He was telling me about work and, and some different things that he was walking through. And, and because I'm uh, continually preaching the gospel to myself, it made my heart and my mind aware of areas that I could speak encouragement. Maybe not even proclaiming the word of God right at that moment because I don't think he was open to it. But say, yeah, man, that's hard. You know, I believe that there, there's so much in life that we can be joyful about. And, and to hear it and understand it and, and sympathize, but then also to speak truth and speak life. That's his mission. You know, I find interesting is that, that he looked at these 72 and he said, what I want you to do is as you go into the city, I want you to find a person of peace. What's a person of peace? It's somebody who, who the Holy Spirit has already been working on their heart and is willing to, to hear the message of Jesus. And so I, I think a lot of times, I think there's a place for us to, to go out and proclaim and, and say, yes, Jesus is Lord. You know, I, I, I've been a part of like several different ministries where we were traveling in Europe and, and we literally like got up on a soapbox and proclaimed Jesus to crowds. But what I found so effective in my life is finding people of peace. Asking God, okay, Lord, as I'm walking about my day to day, would you make known to me a person of peace in, in my path? Somebody who you have already been working, your Holy Spirit has already been um, tending the soil in their heart, and, and they're prepared to hear a little more about you today. And I might not be the person that, that has the ultimate conversation which, which leads them to Christ, but I might be the person that plants a few more seeds because the Holy Spirit has been working that soil. And so in my life, I'm continually, I mean, even as Brian encouraged us last week, continually we've got to be looking for people who don't think like us, who don't talk like us, who don't walk in the same circles that we walk in. For some of us, I mean, I'm an example of this, right? I, I work in a church. I got to go to my unbelieving coworkers and tell them about Jesus. My circles are very full of believers, you know? That's why we've got to be intentional about, about following this example, going out into the world around us and proclaiming that the kingdom is coming. What's your relationship with your neighbors look like? Do they know you're a believer? Are they believers? If they're believers, are you guys teaming up to share the gospel with other people, to, to, to extend the kingdom of God into your neighborhood, or are we building higher fences We like our comfort. We want our, our home to be our safe place. I'm guilty of that, man. When was the last time you shared a meal with a neighbor? When was the last time like you were one of these 72 marching forward into your community, looking for the people of peace and offering the hope of God's kingdom to them? I know sometimes it's this hard duality, right, of like, I don't even know what to share. I don't know. What's, I'm not even confident enough 
that I know what to say? What if they ask me like a really hard question? Do you know, like, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be available. Let's think about this, right? The, the disciples walked with Jesus for how long? Three years? Do you think they were fully trained in all of the theological concepts? And, and I've been going to church for 33 years, 34 years. I think it just takes a willingness sometimes to say, you know what, I might not have all the answers, but I know that this, this, this Savior of mine is too good to not tell you about. Like, man, like, you got to understand this gospel, it transformed my life. And it can do the same for you. There's hope in a broken world. Yeah, I might, I might be saying that through fear and trembling and like, man, what, what, what if he asked me if, if, if God could heat up a burrito so hot that even he couldn't eat it? Think about it. I don't know. I don't know. And, and what if they ask me hard questions about if God loves me so much, then why did he let this person die? If God loves me so much, then, then why is there war? Why is there brokenness in the world? Good questions. But if you start with your heart, we can find the answers together. What if that's your answer? I don't know. But let's search for it together. I think sometimes we're so backed up against our own comfort or our own fear that we're afraid to take a step. But there's no power in that. What good does it do me to study the Bible in groups four times a week and not love my neighbor? So it's just a lot of wasted information when I die if I'm not telling other people about it. We've got to be about God's mission in power. And I know it's hard. I'll join you in saying it's hard. But I think the biggest deterrent for me is myself. I think if you evaluate really well, like, it's probably the same thing. My time, my comfort, my fear. God sent out these 72 looking for people of peace, healing people in their presence and saying that salvation is coming to your city. They were motivated by something that was greater than themselves. It was the power of the gospel. The third alignment that I think we need is, is we need to realize that we need to be aligned with God in his kingdom. So in his presence in his mission and in his kingdom it is the way that I'm living my life showing the world around me that I'm a member of his kingdom or that I'm a good American or that I'm a good Detroit Lions fan or that I'm a good, I mean, put it in there. What, what's my primary allegiance to? Is it his kingdom? Because then the way that I live and act will reflect that. And that's what they were doing. They were proclaiming his kingdom to the world around them. I think it's important to, to continue to look for the people of peace in our lives, and, and these are three things that you can look for in a person of peace, and that is someone who has an open heart, 
someone who has an open home and someone who has open hands. It can be hard to pick out sometimes, you know. There have been some times where in my life I thought I was talking to somebody who was a person of peace and the door slammed right in my face. And you know what? I, I want to make a very clear statement here. I'm not advocating for the people in your life unless they're just toxic and, and abusive and hurtful. I'm not advocating for you to wipe the dust off of your feet and, and abandon somebody. But what I'm saying is that person might not have had the Holy Spirit tending the soil and you can't save anybody anyway, Right? Only the Holy Spirit can, can draw the hearts of men to God. If their heart isn't being drawn, there's, there's no amount of words that I can say to force it. You know, I, I can't jam a, a square peg through a round hole. We need to be looking constantly in our lives for people with open hearts, open homes, and open hands. We need to declare the kingdom of God to them. That he loved them so much that he came to this earth to die the death that he didn't deserve so that they could have the life that they don't deserve. We can only do this if we're experiencing God's power. If we're experiencing his presence. I think it's beautiful. I want to wrap up with this. I think it's beautiful that God literally gave us a definition of his power through a servant, Paul. That's what he says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for in it in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written the righteous shall live by faith can I ask for for us to think about is the power of God living in your heart and in your mind and in your soul every single day every single moment I'm not asking you this to guilt you. I'm asking you this to join me. This is something like I'm realizing more and more about myself is left to my own devices. Like I'm, I'm not that great, you know? Man, empowered by the Holy Spirit? That's a winning combo, I think. You know? Walking out the mission that he's called me to in his presence, building his kingdom... There's no better life to live. So the question I have to ask myself is like, why am I always making it about myself? Why am I letting my fear and my my brokenness stop me from doing what I know I've been called to do? Like I said, I'm not trying to convict any of you. I mean, that's between you and the Holy Spirit. But, But what I'm trying to say is like, man, maybe you're like me and maybe... We just need to connect to the next step, right? Our mission at Grace Spring is, is help, uh, to help people take a step closer to Jesus. What's your step today? What's, what's the next step closer to Jesus that, that you need to grow in? You know, maybe it is that piece about God's presence. Maybe be honest with, with yourself and, and say, you know what? Like, I'm reading the Bible to, to check it off of my list for the day. I'm not experiencing power through it been there. Maybe I prayed today because I know I need to and not because I want to. Been there. Still there sometimes. Can I say that as a pastor? Is that allowed? Yeah, we're humans, you know? Maybe that step is, is to find the power of God in the practices of God. 
I think it's a beautiful next step that you could take. Maybe the, the next step you need to take is to say, like, my heart really has been transformed by God. And I'm experiencing the power, you know, it's, it's not to say that the things around me don't bother me sometimes, but I'm living a joyful life. But my neighbor wouldn't know that. If I disappeared from my neighborhood, would my neighbors be sad? All right, God, here's the next step I'm going to take with you. Let's go see if they're a person of peace. You don't have to, like, walk on their door and, like, yell, like, the end is coming, trust Jesus. Maybe, like, it looks like knocking on their door and saying, hey, I got a, a coffee maker over there. Do you like coffee? Let's sit down and talk. When the, when the summer rolls around, I got a really nice grill out back. You like a burger? Or make him one and take it to him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's little steps where people being people. And if they're a person of peace, then, then you start to infuse those gospel messages. And like I said, there are times for outright preaching the gospel there are, there are times where sometimes that means giving people the encouragement that, that they need to make it through the next day. Trust the Holy Spirit is doing the work of drawing their hearts and then just be a piece of the puzzle. And, you know, maybe that, that literally looks like the next step for you is, you know, I'm, I'm not living as a citizen of, of the kingdom the way I need to. The allegiances of my heart are too strong to other places and I need to get back to my first love and also been there. I want to encourage you this morning to take the next step, whatever that looks like, in his presence, in his mission, or in his kingdom. Look at the example of these 72, you know. Brian's going to tell us next week about what happened when they came back, and they're telling Jesus about all the miracles that they performed. It's incredible. What does that look like in your life? If I could encourage you to think about that taking the next step in his presence or in his mission or in his kingdom. Do one of them. Ask God to evaluate your heart and show you what that next step looks like, how he wants, wants you to grow closer to him. I guarantee he'll do it. But let's go preach the gospel to ourselves and let's go preach the gospel to the world around us because we need it and they need it. That's the most important thing in the world, friends. I'm going to pray for us, and then after that, I encourage you to, to stand, and we're going we're gonna to sing together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, if I could be so bold, I would ask that you would show every person in this room or watching online what's our next step closer to you. Would you show that to us? Would you make it so clear and abundant in our hearts, Lord? We don't have to change the world. We don't have to, like, figure out all of these things, Lord, but, but we can take one step. What is that next step? Lord, do you want us to be more aware of your presence? Do you want us to be more aware of your mission? Do you want us to be more aware of your kingdom? Could you show us one practical way that we could walk in that this week, Lord? Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be aware of you in this place right now as we prepare to, to join together in song once more and lift up your name. God, we glorify you. We magnify you. It's because of you that we're here. It's because of you that, that we get to be called sons and daughters of the living God who lavishes his gifts and his presence and his love on his people. Lord, you're holy and we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name.
Would you stand with us?